You're listening to the Assembly of Yahweh Sermon Podcast, recorded in Cisco, Texas. For more information, please visit hallelujah.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, everybody. Today, uh, this feast theme is about the sanctity of life, how precious and beautiful life is, and how precious and beautiful our babies in the wombs are, how the Heavenly Father knows us before we are ever born, how he personally spent time making us, forming us, that time he made to make you, you, and to make me, me. Some stuff that we're going to hear a lot today is going to be, I will give thanks, fearfully and wonderfully made, and wonderful are your works. When I was a young kid, I was infatuated with birds. I, I loved to, to, to watch them, to study them, shoot them, it didn't matter. Anything to do with birds, I was, I was wanting to do it. And uh, my, my mom sent me down one time and was talking about how we need to be on guard uh, against the devil, against, the, against evil in the world. And she said, you know, she knows how much I love birds. She said, you know, you know how birds are always just constantly just looking around. You know, she said, that's the way we need to be uh, to protect our hearts, to protect us from evil. We just need to be constantly uh, on the guard and watch, looking around. And uh, I'm a fairly literal person. I still am, and I was very literal when I was, when I was very young. And so I walked outside after that talk, and for the next two days, I just walked around. Just, it was very like it, it was like a lot of work for me, uh, but I did my best because I did not want to let uh, evil into my heart. And uh, but the problem is that it is a lot of work. And uh, after about two days of that, and freaking the neighbors out, I'm sure, uh, wondering what was wrong with the little York boy, that I stopped. I stopped doing it because it was a lot of work. And my point is. And that is that I feel like America, United States, uh, is, is losing some of that vigilance. That I feel like we did a, a, a good a, a good job for a while. We've never been perfect, but I think we did a pretty good job for a while of of uh, being vigilant about protecting protecting us from from the evil of the world. And you know, the devil might have got in, but he might have had to climb up the you know the, the little window upstairs. But now, if he doesn't have the the key to the front door, he's He's about right there. In First Peter five eight, says, "Be alert, no sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And Yahweh of all grace, who called you to His eternal glory in Messiah, after you have suffered a little while, will Himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. To Him be the power forever and ever. Amen." So we need to make sure that we're not we're not falling away. You know that we, we we know that little the phrase that every generation, you know, this is our norm, and then the norm gets worse, and then the next generation that's their new norm. And we need to make sure that we're, that we're not that we're not basing our norm off what the world tells us is good and right, but we're basing our norm off of what Yahweh tells us what's good and right, and keep an, keep an eye out for the, the prowling lion. Psalms one thirty nine. Verse 14 is where we're going to be hanging out today. So I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. I will give thanks to you. Let's go to First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 34. We're going to talk about the importance of giving thanks. I will give thanks to Yahweh, for He is good, for His loving kindness is everlasting. Then say... Save us, O Yahweh, of our salvation. 
and gather us and deliver us from the nations to give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Blessed be Yahweh, the Elohim of Israel, from everlasting even to everlasting. And all people said, Amen, and praise Yahweh. Let's go to Psalms 9, verse 1. I will give thanks to Yahweh with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. I will be glad and exalt in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. He has created us, and He deserves our praise. He deserves our gratefulness. Let's go to Colossians 3, uh, 3.15. Let the peace of Yahshua rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Yahshua rich, richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to Yahweh. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Yahshua Messiah, giving thanks through Him to Yahweh the Father. The importance of giving, of giving thanks is huge. Without gratitude, without expressing uh, thankfulness, it is impossible to be happy. It is impossible to be fulfilled. Uh, Dennis Baker talks about this in his book, uh, Happiness is a Serious Problem. And he talks about how uh, families that, that adhere to the traditional Judeo-Christian uh, values that, that pray over their, their, their food before they, before they eat it, and they, they say thank you for it, that their level of happiness, that their level of, uh, that their, that their level of fulfillment is higher than, than atheistic families that don't necessarily have anybody to thank for it, that they don't thank. It's just we work for it and we get it. But they're not as happy as people who are, have a creator to thank for this. He deserves our praise continually, night and day. And I know it's that old one-out phrase, and it, but it's true as ever. You know, that's easier said than done. You know, whenever we're cruising through life and everything's going good, it's really easy to say, Yahweh, you're awesome, and, and I'll praise you whenever I'm in the storm. Uh, but then we get in the storm, and it's a lot harder to, to, to keep that up. The Creator, he's, he's numbered the hairs on our head. He knows us. He loves us. He cares about us. Psalms 106 says, Praise Yahweh, O give thanks to the Elohim, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. Who can speak of the mighty deeds of Yahweh, or who can show north all His praise? How blessed are those who keep justice, who practice righteousness at all times. Psalms 107 verse 1 says, O give thanks to Yahweh, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. Psalms 118.29 O give thanks to Yahweh, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of Yahweh and Yahshua Messiah for you. I remember years ago, uh, Zach Robinson was telling me a story about whenever he was a kid, they were running and playing, and uh, there was an accident, and he got, he got cut up pretty bad, and he was bleeding, and his grandmother ran over to him and picked him up and said, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, praise Yahweh. And he was like just taken back by that, because here he is bleeding, his grandmother's you know, praising Yahweh. But obviously she, she believed in this, give thanks in all circumstances. And she might have been, you know, giving praise that it wasn't worse, that he was fine, that he was just a little low cut or something. But I remember Zach was just blown away by that. The Bible is full of passages commanding us to give thanks to Yahweh. A lot of these verses are telling you we should be giving Him thanks and praise right there in the Scripture. Things like He is good, His mercy is everlasting. Thanksgiving and praise always go together. We cannot adequately praise and worship Yahweh without also being thankful. Think about it. If you, if you can't find a reason to be thankful, then obviously, if I know anything about people, if you can't find a reason to be thankful, you can find a reason to complain, right? 
It's way easier. And if you're complaining, then you're not going to feel like you're very fearfully and wonderfully made. You won't want to praise Yahweh for his wonderful works. You're not going to feel like you're very wonderfully and fearfully made. So it all goes back to starting with the grateful heart. Every morning. I remember a time that I, uh, I had a motorcycle accident and I broke both my legs. And uh, I, whenever it first happened, I was laying face down in, in, the, in the ditch. And I knew both my legs were broken. And I was just sitting there and, and we didn't know kind of where we were. But this lady came up and uh, she, she called the ambulance for us. And she's actually on her front porch on her, on her uh, rocking chair as I came by and, and wrecked and she saw the whole thing. Uh, so she came out and she called the ambulance and told me the address. And she was uh, saying, you know, is there anything I can do? Anything I can do? And I was like, no, I'm just going to lay here and wait for the ambulance, you know. And uh, my buddy was, you know, saying, oh, hey, she's really freaking out. Just give her something to do. Just, you know, just let her do something. And I think it was uh, September, so it's still pretty warm. And so uh, I said, I guess a, like a, a cool wet rag would be nice. And so she went and got a wet rag and, and she brought it and she dipped it in the water. And I'm, I'm laying face down, you know, in, in the you know, tall grass in the ditch. And she goes to put it like on my face. I was thinking on my neck, you know, she goes to put it on my face and she like just scoops up a bunch of grass and dirt, you know, actually just, just rubs it all over me. I'm just sitting there coughing, you know, just trying to, okay, you know, I, I appreciate the effort, you know. Uh, it really just helped me out, right? Uh, and then I was in the hospital and Chance sent me a text saying, well, life's tough sometimes, then you die. And then I got out of the hospital eight days later, and they said I was lucky to be alive. That you know, the good thing that woman was there, that we could get the ambulance there fast. Uh, I got out of the hospital. The day I got out of the hospital, uh, Chance again was wheeling me down these uh, concrete stairs, and uh, I was in a wheelchair, and he dropped me, and I fell face forward, and uh, it hurt. But I was headed to get in the car with my brother William. Uh, so we picked, they picked me back up, put me back in the wheelchair. I got in the car. We made it about 10 miles outside of town, and we hit a hog, and I wasn't wearing my seatbelt, and my elbow went through the front windshield. And so I was really sitting there thinking, man, there's something here. But as strange as it was, through all that, it was, it was really weird, but it was super easy to uh, stay positive. To stay grateful that it wasn't my left elbow, or it wasn't both elbows, that it was, I'm fine still. It was been, it's been tough, but I'll get through this. And that's because the physical pain, like that, is just right there in front of you, and you know, in four to six weeks, or you know, that case is, you know, three to six months, I'll be kind of back to normal. Uh, but the stuff that's internal isn't near as easy to get over. It's not near as easy to stay grateful, to stay thankful, whenever you're going through the super hard times, whenever... Uh, your car's transmission is ordering retirement brochures. Whenever you have enough money to pay for the bills for January, but it's February. Whenever you and your wife have been arguing for the last couple of weeks about if she's right or you're wrong. Because stuff like that, whenever it's just long, dreary stuff, it's super easy to, to lose sight of what we're thankful for, what we're grateful for. Unless, of course, it's a, it's a physical illness, you know, that but then it's just a long, a long drag-out physical illness can get to you mentally and, and do the same thing. But we take Yahweh away from the equation of your life, and that's, that, that's my point here, is that whenever you distance yourself from Him, whenever you go visit Him twice a year, kind of a thing, there are certain consequences that naturally happen, I believe. 
like you have no one to be thankful to or thankful for because this life you're living is as great as it is because you did that. Because, no, Yahweh didn't do this for me. I don't even worship Him. I don't, I don't, I don't really deal with Him at all. All this that I have, I worked for this. It's because of what I did. And whatever, at that point, everything you have is yours, and whatever makes you feel good, you do, because you only have one life, right? Make the most of it. If we forget who to be thankful to, we forget who we answer to. If we forget who we answer to, we answer to ourselves, And according to whatever my heart is feeling that day or that week. It's not wrong because who can tell me what's wrong and right? It's just you, what, what you believe is just what you believe. There's no concrete anymore. I'm, I'm answering to myself, you're answering to yourself. You do, you do you, I'll do me. Uh, and we'll all just kind of get along and, and I'm not going to worry about it. Whatever makes you happy. I will give... I will give you thanks, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. If you're like me, you might be more fearfully made than wonderfully, but we are all fearfully and wonderfully made. Just because someone might not recognize how wonderfully they are made and claim it was all a chance of the cosmos and the energy was, was circling and it sped up and it collided, and that their life is no more meaningful or, or, or no more important than this dog's life, it doesn't change the fact of who their creator is or what he did and is doing for them. Let's go to Genesis 127. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So Yahweh created man in his own image. In the image of Yahweh he created them, male and female he created them. He blessed them, and Yahweh said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And Yahweh said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth, and every tree which has fruit yielding seed, it shall be food for you. Yesterday, uh, Ferris spoke about how, we're, you know, if you just go outside or you watch the sunrise, you watch the sunset, you spend any time in the creation, <clears throat> if you put some intentional thinking in it and, and some common sense, it's almost impossible not to believe that there was a creator. Uh, that, that this creation has to have a creator. Then you start putting the science into that, and you start putting the math into it, and it's really hard to walk away believing that there's not a creator. Job 38, 33-35 says, Do you know the laws of the heavens? Can you set up Yahweh's dominion over the earth? Can you raise your voice to the clouds and cover yourself with a flood of water? Do you send the lightning bolts on their way? Do they report to you? Here we are. Yahweh can do amazing things on the immeasurable biggest level of creation, and He can do amazing things on the immeasurable smallest level of creation. But we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Let's talk about us for a minute. On Psalms 139, verse 13, For you formed my inward parts, you wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Just how wonderfully made are we? Man is Yahweh's masterpiece. His workmanship, the crown of His creation. We live in an amazing world. The greatest of all creations is man himself. The marvelous machine, precise and efficient. The human, be- human body has a dynamic framework, bone and cartilage called the skeleton. The human skeleton is flexible with hinges and joints that were made to move. But to cut down harmful frictions, such as moving parts, must be lubricated. 
Man-made machines are lubricated only by outside sources, but the body lubricates itself by manufacturing a jelly-like substance in the right amount at every place it is needed. Yes, the body is a wonder machine. Despite the defects from genetic copying errors that have accumulated since the fall of mankind, the body has a chemical plant far more intricate than any plant that, that man has ever built. This plant changes the food we eat into living tissue. It causes the growth of flesh, blood, bones, and teeth. It even repairs the body when parts are damaged by accident or disease. Power for work and play comes from the food we eat. Even in freezing weather, our bodies will sometimes overheat. The body's own cooling system then takes over. Drops of perspiration pour from millions of tiny sweat glands in the skin. This is the major way in which our cooling system keeps our temperature down. I don't know if y'all knew that or not. The human body has an automatic thermostat that takes care of both our heating and cooling system, keeping body temperature at about 98.6 degrees. That right there is just truly amazing that we could do that. The brain is the center of a complex computer system more wonderful than the greatest one ever built by man. The body's computer system computes and sends throughout the body billions of bits of information, information that controls every action right down to the flickering of an eyelid. In most computer systems, the information is carried by wires and electronic parts. In the body, nerves are the wires that carry the information back and forth in the central nervous system. And in just one human brain, there is probably more wiring, more electrical circuitry than in all the computer systems of the world put together. Yes, it is a wonderful thing, this brain of ours. In fact, as we look at this very moment, we are actually seeing with our brain, although of course the message is carried there from another marvelous structure of the human eye, Modern cameras operate in the same basic principles as our eyes. In our eyes, the focus and aperture are adjusted automatically. The sound we hear is being played on a perfect little musical instrument inside our ear. The sound waves go down the auditory canal and are carried by the bones of the middle ear to the cochlea, which is rolled up like a tiny seashell. The outer ear operates in air, but the cochlea is filled with liquid, and transferring sound waves from air to liquid is one of the most difficult problems known to science. Three tiny bones called the ossicles are just right to, to do the job that enables us to hear properly. Interesting, the size of these little bones does not change from the time we were born. The heart actually is a muscular pump forcing blood through thousands of miles of blood vessels. Blood carries food and oxygen to every part of the, of the body. The heart pumps an average of 1.5 U.S. gallons of blood every minute. And in one day, it pumps enough blood to fill more than 50 gallon, more than 200, more than 40 50-gallon drums. I'm sorry, more than 40 50-gallon drums. Yes, the human body is a wonderful machine. The fact that any one of these devices exists is a complete demonstration that they are the work of an intelligent and skillful designer, Yahweh Himself. So Yahweh created man in His own image, and the image of Yahweh created He Him. Male and female created them. The raw material, the basic chemicals of our body, in our body can be found in the dust of the ground. However, these chemicals cannot arrange themselves in the cell tissues, organs, and systems. This can only happen with an input of intelligence. The book of Genesis teaches that Yahweh took the dust of the ground, a heap of chemicals, shaped a man, then blew his nostrils the breath of life. Then man became a living soul. We are more than the chemicals that form our body, though. We are a special creation of Yahweh. Man is Yahweh's masterpiece, his workmanship, the crown of creation. And blood vessels, it, super interesting. 
uh, they're not just straight through tubes like water pipes. Scientists at Imperial College London found that blood vessels have a slight twist in them that are helical. Colin Carroll and Spencer Sherwin showed that the gentle corkscrewing makes the blood flow more evenly compared to straight vessels. They found that with helical vessels, damage from turbulent flow is much less likely, especially at T-junctions. It's just incredible how intricately we are designed. Without a doubt, the most complex information processing system in existence is the human body. If we take all human information processing together, i.e. conscious ones, language, information control, deliberate voluntary movements, and unconscious ones, like information control function of the organs, hormone system, this involves the processing of 1024 bits daily. This astronomically high figure is higher by a factor of one million times greater than the total human knowledge of 1018 bits stored in all the world's libraries. Some interesting facts about our body, how fearfully and wonderfully we are made. Your body is made up made of about seven octillion atoms. That's 27 zeros. There are 37 trillion cells in your body. Stomach acid can dissolve metal, which is why I personally think that Coke is healthier than water. You ever put like a chain in the water, leave it there for a couple of years, pull it out, it's all rusty, you know? You take some Coke and pour it on that same chain, it cleans it right up. Oh yeah, Coke cleans your systems out. It's way healthier. If you were to spread out all the wrinkles in your brain, it would be about the size of a pillowcase. There are a trillion nerves powering your memory. Studies have shown that after viewing 2,500 images for only three seconds, participants could recall if they had seen the images with 90% accuracy. You spend 10% of the day blinking. Your eyes can distinguish between 2.3 and 7.5 million different colors. Your nose can differentiate between one trillion different smells, for we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Your fingers can feel a ridge as small as 13 nanometers in size. That's 7,500 times smaller than the diameter of a human hair. Without your pinky finger, you would lose 50% of your hand strength. Your heart beats 100,000 times per day pumping 5.5 liters per minute, which adds up to about 792,000 gallons of blood a year. If all the DNA in your body were uncoiled, it would stretch out to about 10 billion miles, which is from Earth to Pluto and back. But it's really not that amazing, right? It's just tissue. It's all we are. A happenstance. Isaiah 44.2 says, Thus says Yahweh who made you and formed you from the womb. In Jeremiah 1 verse 4, Then the word of Yahweh came unto me, saying, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you, and I ordained you a prophet unto the nations. Let's go to uh, Luke 1 verse 36 and talk about this tissue that people say that people have when they're pregnant. And behold, and this is... Uh, whenever John and, and Yahshua first got, got close to each other in the womb. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who is called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with Yahweh. And Mary said, Behold the bond slave of the master. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now this time Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country, to a city of Judah. 
and entered the house of Zacharias and agreed to Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Let's talk about uh, some stuff that happens in the womb. On the first day following fertilization, the human embryo is identifiable as a specific individual human being on a molecular level. A South Dakota Legislative Task Force appointed to examine the science behind unborn life found that the, quote, the new recombinant DNA technologies indisputably prove that the unborn child is a whole human being from the moment of fertilization, that all abortions terminate the life of a living human being, and that the unborn child is a separate human patient under the care of modern medicine, unquote. A baby's heart begins to beat at 22 days. According to the Endowment for Human Development, between fertilization and birth, the heart beats approximately 54 million times. At two to three weeks, a baby's brain is the first organ to appear. And a baby may feel physical pain as early as his fifth week. After examining scientific resources and hearing medical testimony, the South Dakota Task Force found that the necessary pieces for pain detection in the spinal cord exist at a very early development stage. Babies have also been docu- documented moving away from unwanted or painful touch in their first few weeks of their utero life. One of the most horrific videos I've ever seen is an is a, a abortion video. I'm sure a lot, a lot of us have seen it. The, the silent scream. And there's a couple of others out there too where the, you can actually see the, the instruments coming into the womb and the baby's arching the back and uh, doing everything it possibly can to get away. But it's all in vain. There's no way. And they, they tear it apart, limb by limb. And it's absolutely heartbreaking. A baby's kidneys are present in only five weeks. In fact, by eight weeks, all the baby's organs are in place and only need to be fully developed. A baby's brain waves can be measured at six weeks old. At six weeks. At six weeks, the baby will move away if his mouth is touched. A baby ear can begin to be seen around six weeks. A baby has fingerprint at nine to ten weeks. These fingerprints will be the same throughout the baby's life. His permanent identification is already developing. A baby can suck her thumb and yawn at nine and a half weeks old. And according to the endowment for uh, human development, most babies prefer their right thumb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. We take the most beautiful land in the country... And set it aside and preserve it because of how wonderful Yahweh's works are. We put laws in effect that says we can't throw trash in this river because we don't want to ruin Yahweh's wonderful works. We lobby to protect it, spend our money to protect it, spend other people's money to protect it. We hike in it, take pictures of the beauty, create paintings of it. For His works truly are wonderful. It is magnificent to see a, a stallion running through the prairie or to, to feel the power of, of a great waterfall and to hear, to hear the roar of it. Or to, to see the splendor of a, of a lily. But the most prized work that Yahweh ever created, we can dispose of in the trash can out back. His masterpiece. The final work that when he breathed life into this wonderful work, he stopped and said, Ah, yes. This life, I give it to you. The 
the work that he said, I will make this creation in my own image, and I already know. He already knows me before I was born. He loves me so much that he will allow his only begotten son to be killed for me because I'm so wonderful. All the while, the world is too obsessed with our image and our convenience to appreciate how amazing Yahweh's most prized works truly are. He forms our inward parts. He knits us together. He makes us in our own, his own image. And we bow, to, we bow down to our idols of convenience and choice and kill our own children. And we call it progress. We call it good. We call it freedom. We call it choice. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Not just, some, not just some image that spun really, really fast and slammed into each other. And started some microscopic life that slowly involved what we are today. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Not just some tissue inside of a woman's stomach. Not a, a, not a choice of convenience. I want to ask, uh, can, it, can y'all bring those two boxes up here? Or, thank you, sir. That's, that's overnight delivery right there. This right here represents 651,000 lives. It's all, it's all the lives that uh, the United States has soldiers that we've lost in, in actual battle from 1775 till, till now. I'd like to ask if, uh, if some of the men can help me. There's a few more boxes in the hallway. If we can bring them up here and start stacking them up. I want to uh, help visualize how, how many we've lost to abortion. Right there, it's fine. So this, this represents the American Revolutionary War, the Indian Wars, the Mexican Wars, the Civil War, World War I, World War II, the Korean War, Vietnam War, Cold War. This, this represents everything until, until now. And this has just been since Roe vs. Wade. Can you imagine the impact that you know, after the Civil War we lost 214,000 men or people? And the result the impact that had on our country, the economic development side of it, the, uh, all the loss that we had, all the setback that we endured. We've lost 288,000 babies already this year. That's more than all the Civil War. Thanks, guys. But these are these are lives. These are men and women. It's tough. What is self-deception? I, I couldn't find the definition for what I'm trying for. I was, I was trying to uh, look up, and so I'm just calling it self-deception. And you'll get, you're going to get the Walker York definition for it. It's, it's the willingly it's willingly believing something that you probably know better, but because we're human. We really tend to believe what we want to believe. And I think the vast majority of people know better that, that, that there is life in this womb, that it is wrong to kill. But just like so many things in our life, whether it's re- religion or a lifestyle or our, our own view of ourselves, is that we're so good at believing what we want to believe, and we actually believe it. And it's so hard for us to step back 
and, and look at it uh, more matter-of-factly. Like, that's not a baby, it's a clump of cells. Because it wakes, makes it way more convenient for us to let it go. Makes it way more convenient for us to, to let that other person make that choice. And I think the importance of helping people make that connection is huge. Make, help people can make the connection that this is a baby. Now, I, there, I know there's plenty of people out there that do have abortions uh, because they just, they don't care. They, I, mean, I want my convenience, I want my life back. I don't have time for this, even though they may know that there's a baby in there. But I think for the vast majority, I think especially with the younger ages, that it's kind of growing up that you understand or you, you believe that it really is not a baby. It's just a clump of cells. It's not a baby until it's born. Or it's not a baby until six months. It's not a baby until however long. Everyone's different. It's just tissue. But I think we can make big strides in, in making people make that switch if we can make it a moral issue. Because right now, it's not. For, for, for a lot of people, it's not. It's just, it, is it a lot? If, it's, if it's life, then it's a moral issue. But if it's not, if it's just tissue, then it's just a convenience issue. We are called to stand up for the defenseless. Proverbs 31.8 Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. He's looking for people to stand in the gap. Ezekiel 2, 22, verse 30. And I sought for a man among them who should build up the wall and stand in the breach before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore I poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. I have returned their way upon their heads, declares Yahweh. I return their ways upon their heads. In other words, if we as a nation keep messing up the way we are, it's going to catch up to us. But there's certain laws that if you follow it, you will prosper. There are certain laws if you don't follow, it will be your own demise. And it won't be long before we'll, we'll really start repaying for the sins of our generations. That's why he's looking for ambassadors to stand up, to stand in the gap in his name. That maybe we can pull this shit back around from crashing in a certain disaster. Nearly one in four women in the United States, 23.7%, will have an abortion by age 45. According to a new analysis by... Guttmacher Institute, researchers Rachel Jones and Jenna German just published in the American Journal of Public Health. By age 20, 4.6 of women will have an abortion and 19% will have, a, will have done so by age 30. Despite recent declines in abortion, it is still a common procedure and nearly one in four years women will have an abortion in her lifetime. Between 2008 and 2014, the overall U.S. abortion rate declined by 25% from 19.4 to 14.6 abortions per 1,000 women aged 15 to 44. Key data, points that, key data points that may help explain this decline, including trends in unintended pregnancy, are not yet available for this time period. However, the available information suggests that improvements in contraceptive use, particularly among women aged 20 to 24, who account for one-third of unintended pregnancies in the United States, were an important driver behind that decline. So... For the first time in two decades, we are on the decline of abortions, and that's great news. That is good, but it's still happening way too much. There's a a clock that's on my computer right now, or a a counter that's going, and it has the worldwide uh, abortions and then United States abortions, and that thing's just going. I went to uh, ProChoice.org and was looking around there, and... uh, I clicked on the uh, what to expect when you have an abortion thing. And it was going through some stuff, you know, talking about severe cramps and, 
You may have uh, chills or fever. And, and it talks about the emotional side of things. And it says, The most reliable indicator of whether a woman will experience feelings of distress after an abortion is her emotional stability before the abortion. Choosing to have an abortion is an important decision. The decision-making process may be stressful, even though the outcome is ultimately positive. No yes, answer, but about it. If you're open to an abortion, abortion is the right thing for you. That's what it's saying here. It continues, Although the most common emotion after completing an abortion is relief, there are also can be feelings of loss or sadness. Some women may have difficulty after an abortion because of the obstacles encountered while trying to obtain abortion care, or feeling alone while making an important decision, an environment where choosing abortion may be stigmatized. Never once does it mention the loss of a baby, that you might be emotional because you just lost a baby. And so I kind of understand that, because they don't believe it's a baby, right? But they don't even mention, you might be emotional because you lost a, a tissue that could have been a baby one time. I mean, are you saying that, that no one has ever said that, that that bothers them? It's not true, but they, don't, they won't even admit it. They don't want to even put that possibility on here. Continue, some women feel grief even though they know they made the right decision. <laughs> It's, it's crazy to, to, to see this kind of verbiage. Some women feel grief even though they know they made the right decision. There is no right or wrong way to grieve. The feelings are real, and you should give yourself permission to have them. And then it talks about if you, if you need help coping, you can call this number. You ever talk to someone and just feel hopeless as far as, you know, I don't think this person's ever going to sway from their opinion. They're, you know, they're, they're so set in this way that I, I don't think I could ever say anything that would you know, they change their mind from maybe their pro-choice or, or whatever it is. Wendell, can we show up uh, first slide? This is the business card of a once very proud Planned Parenthood employee that was super proud of, of this card. And, you know, unplanned un, un was about it, Abby Johnson. And you would think if you met her back then that there's no way that this would, you know, this woman would never switch and you can take it off now. Uh, I show that to, just to say that you never know. Don't, don't ever write anyone completely off. They don't ever give up trying to help people. They don't ever try to, to try to sway them to keep up the fight. Things can change. You know, it's now illegal in Germany to uh, do the Adolf Hitler salute. In Austria, if you uh, even deny that the, that the Holocaust ever happened... You can get thrown in jail. Things can change. I will sing your praise for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And my soul knows it very well. We have to talk to our kids about abortion. I'm appropriately, of course. But we have to make sure that they, that they know what's really happening. Because I know I didn't know until I was way older than I should have been. About Planned Parenthood, about abortion... But there are great things happening when it comes to ending abortion. On the flip side, there are a lot of horrible things happening as well, like with all the all these unprecedented bills that are being uh, passed through New York and, and elsewhere. Uh, and, and in closing, can we get that last picture up? If you Google Planned Parenthood, Abilene, Texas, at the very bottom here it says permanently closed. Is that not an amazing thing right there?
And I, I pray that we, our generation, can live to see the day that if you were to Google any Planned Parenthood, that that same thing will pop up and say permanently closed. Now there are other health clinics that that do offer that, but they're few and far far between. Nothing like the uh, the size of Planned Parenthood. Uh, but I pray that we will live to see the day that whenever you can Google that, it'll say permanently closed. I want to encourage you to never give up the fight. To always keep standing in the gap. To always make a difference. Let's uh, let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we come before you with with broken heart. There's so many lost lives out there. So many what ifs and so many what, what could have been. That I think one day we'll wake up as a nation and realize the atrocity of what of what we've done. And that day cannot come soon. We ask that you do change our hearts. That even if even if it is legal, if they, if they legalize abortion, that the every heart would be changed, change that the idea of it would be infathomable. We also ask that you heal any hurting mothers or in here that may have had that might have had no it wasn't easy and life can get tough and we all make bad decisions. We ask that you help them as well. We love you so much in Ashwishan's name. Hallelujah.